Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team, hello everyone, hello Amy, and welcome to the Make Your Impact Show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I am fantabulous. I wish I could have a good pun for you, but right now I do not. So we'll just have to go with that. Do you know why I want a goat pun by any chance? I just heard about our guest and her picture has a few goats in it. So I'll let you do the reveal. <laughs> we are talking today with the lovely Shanix Jones, who is the founder of Chuckling Goat. And it's going to be such an exciting chat, not just because she's a Texan superwoman and has loads of fun puns and really weird jokes to make for us but also because of the whole story that we're going to go through together. And a lot of the chat that we're going to have is really about starting and also overcoming obstacles within your business. Uh, I think it's fascinating how she reflects on part of her journey, but also how she's helping others doing the same. And because of that, I kind of wanted to talk a bit about, before we jump into the conversation, really how do we get great ideas and how do we follow through with them? And I'm going to ask you first, Ames, when it comes to yourself, especially when it comes to your own stuff with the blog and recipes and your work, what, is, what does the process look like when you get a new incredible idea for Nourishing Amy? Wow, thank you. I guess each time it's different. It might be brand led or it might be something that I just want to do for myself. In that case, I'll think about seasons um, or if there are any kind of special days. Um, it's like Mother's Day is coming up. So I try to do some really cute kind of pink content. Also, I guess you see trends that are going online. Um, I try not to do too many of those, especially if it doesn't feel um, authentic to me. There's loads of like baked feta pasta going around and I just, it's not something I gravitate towards. So I kind of stayed off that one, but um, yeah, it's hard sometimes. You're always in your own brain. So taking a step back um, can be a great way to kind of feel a bit more inspired. I love that. And that is a great tip and actually reminder. And what we do as a company, when it comes to creative impact, actually, to give you some context is I tend to usually have an idea and then there's first five seconds in which Amy rolls her eyes very silently, but I pretend not to see that. 
after she does that. Not always. No, not always. You call that, you call that, right? Not always. After that, she will, uh, but I love to be able then to present to her the idea and just kind of explain to her where I'm coming from. Because we have to remember that, especially when it's your baby, especially when you're building something, as obviously Amy mentioned, we can be in our own heads. And so being able to bounce it off as a team is a bit easier, even if you can do it literally with anyone because it really helps you getting a bit on the outsider perspective and a lot of the time Amy will say um, you know put it words in your mouth but you know even I work for for the company but this is still not as much clear for me so how can we make it clearer and I think it's a great reminder of what we think and how we think things would work but then the delivery to our audience is as important as the great idea is because ideas also need great execution and if you don't have that then it's really hard to be following through yeah no I definitely agree it's um having the idea but how to put it into practice is often where you best need help because not everyone's an expert on your business exactly and actually within that I wanted to just remind us of something that we're going to talk about quite in depth with Sean but she talks a lot about the five different elements that you want to look at when it comes to growing and building a business and I'm going to give you a sneak peek of what they are because I want you ready to start thinking about this, even if we're going to talk about this quite in depth. So if you're running a business, you need to think about it being an intersection of what you're good at, what you love, what you can get paid for, what the world needs right now, and where the universe is pushing you. And I think you really I like that. You like that. Yeah. It really changed the perspective of, okay, we need to think about what is my passion or maybe what I'm good at. It really reminds us of a combination of things that can make a business unique and almost elevate it to what it could be a hobby or it could be a side hustle and make it something that really feels powerful and impactful. Yeah. And this is what we're going to talk about today. And uh, when I come to Sean, she is obviously the founder of Chuckling Goat, as I mentioned. This is a multi-million pound empire and business. And she's on a mission to help thousands, yet it all started with a goat named Budak, which you hear a bit about today as well. Sean's passion is to help new entrepreneurs to find their purpose and launch their own successful heart-centered business. And I really hope that our chat today about her own journey and her book can inspire you to do the same, guys. Thank you so much, Amy, for being with me again. And let's kick off with the show. <laughs> We're live, we're live with little goats behind Sean, and I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being here with me. My pleasure. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, really well. Uh, we've been busy, we've been trading through the pandemic, so I can't say it's happy times, but busy times for us. That is very important, it's actually, I can imagine it's something that, despite the busyness, it kind of like feels, you know, at least you feel like you have that to kind of keep you focused on as well with the Chaplin Goat. Can you tell us a bit more about, obviously, the brand itself, in case people don't know exactly what it is about and what do you guys offer as products as well? Mm-hmm. Sure. So we started our journey uh, making kefir, and we can talk more about that. It's a probiotic that you drink. Through the kefir then, because I was in very close contact with my customers, they started feeding back to me that they were having also positive results with their skin. So it was helping with eczema. It was helping with anxiety. It was helping with depression. It was helping with IBS. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Um, I'm a journalist by training. So I went looking for the science behind all that. Why? What's the connection between your gut and your brain? 
what's the connection between your gut and your skin? Uh, I went looking for all that science and I found it. And so as we progressed, we started not only making the kefir, but also offering uh, microbiome testing so you can see what's happening inside your gut. Um, I've got now nutritionists working for me that interpret these tests. So we are now, uh, you know, we started making kefir in the barn uh, with one goat, and now we have... 25 people on the team. We have seven nutritionists working here. We've got 50 goats and customers all over the world. So it's turned into, you know, it's taken a hard left turn uh, and become all about the health of your gut and the science behind that. Which is amazing. I think the more you can fit your products into the lifestyle of people in a way that also has education mm-hmm. and it kind of makes them feel like they understand the changes that might be happening. I think that is so important. So mm-hmm. again, I can I can only see how that really helped that scalability. Would you say that that is what helped you guys scale that extra element that you provided? Or were you already kind of growing quite naturally, even just with the products themselves? So we had 6,000% growth in four years. Yeah, it's been a little bit eyeball melting. And the reason for the growth is quite simply that the product works. Um, You know, we when we first started out, um, my husband had to sell his motorcycle to make money for us to put uh, get by the bottles to put the kefir in. We were that broke. We literally there was no money for marketing. There was no money for advertising, anything like that. And so it was really word of mouth. People would just use the product and say, "Ooh, this works and give it to someone else. You know, so many people have eczema. So many people have IBS. 86% of British adults had a gastrointestinal episode last year. Everybody has tummy troubles. Um, so the fact that this is safe, it's natural, it's chemical free, and it works, it just it went crazy. That's amazing. I have a question that I want to ask. You said you're a journalist by trade. So so am I actually. So sometimes I just find like the weirdest questions come up into my head. What was the name of your first goat? Do you remember what was the name of the first goat that you had? Absolutely. Yeah. Her first, her name was Bidig. It's B-U-D-D-U-G. She was a beautiful black and white goat. And I learned to milk on Bidig and I cried every night because it was so hard. And then my nose used to be quite crooked still a little bit crooked, but um, Bithig threw her head back while I was milking her and bashed my nose straight. She st- actually straightened my nose. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go. That's oh, We have very fond memories of Bithig. Oh, that's adorable. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, it's one of those things as well. I imagine, you know, especially from the beginning in those times, there are some of the most interesting memories just come up. And I think you said like with the amount of growth and the amount of time that actually you've been trading, I can only imagine it's just, um, and obviously you talk about a lot of this about in the book, that's what we're talking about is I love the name of the book as well, how to start a business on your kitchen table. Uh, I think it's quite appropriate from what I just heard already as well. And when I was reading through as well, obviously there's that element of you talk about the different aspects and there is 13 of them. So there's quite a few, but I can see how the market research element and that communication with the customers that you just talked me through in the last couple of minutes. It's so important. And the fact that you really mentioned that, you know, to me is all about the mindset and there's a lot of mindset in there as well, but also there are the practical things that then you can do to help with that too, because realistically speaking, mindset will take you so far. But I think once you start listening to what people have to say and also the element of research that you guys, I'm pretty sure provide, is a big part of the job as well. Do you find that you also keep doing that yourself? Obviously I've got the nutritionist, but it's something that you also focus on a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about engagement. And in fact, I learned this also from the goats, oddly, 
everything I, I, everything I know I learned on the farm. So the goats, when you have a baby goat, the kid will slam its head into the mother's udder really hard to make her let the milk down. And I was watching that. I was going, oh, I've, I've, I've had a baby and nursed a baby. And I, oh, that wouldn't work for me. But it works for the goats. And what that taught me was... Nature works in a call and response pattern. It's a two-part interaction. The baby goat does something and the mother goat responds. You do something and nature responds. It's a back and forth interaction. And so when I started my business, I didn't know anything about social media. And so I hired, with the first money that I made, I didn't have very much money, um, I contacted a social media trainer and she said, oh, you know, I, I only go and train in big companies. And I said, okay, I know, but how much would it cost me for one hour of your time? Because <laughs> I think I have just about enough money to hire you for one hour. And she's like, oh, all right. So she hired, she trained me for one hour. And what she told me was, it is all about engagement. Same principle. It's the call and response. It's the back and forth. So it doesn't matter if you post something on your Facebook page, if you post and ghost, you post it and you leave. No, it's about the response and then responding to the response back and forth. It's all about engagement. And so because of that, I've let that principle drive our business as we grow. For example, we do not sell through any outside retailers. I do not sell through any third parties. I sell directly to the end user and these days, there are end users in 61 countries around the globe, but I still sell directly to the end user, and we are in direct contact with them by email, by phone, uh, by live chat, so we can answer a, a question. My nutritionist can answer a question in 23 seconds on the website, and they're all trained. No one answers my phone who is not a trained nutritionist. So... I continue to get that information from my clients. And then they say to me, well, look, how about this? Okay, you're telling me I need a prebiotic and I should eat my talking mushrooms. What's my talking mushrooms? Where do I buy it? How do I cook it? It's too complicated. And so we created a complete prebiotic powder that has 18 different sources of prebiotic fiber in it. Easy, put it in your smoothie, job done. Now that, that would never have occurred to me, um, but that's what the customers wanted because they said, we're busy, it needs to be easy, it needs to be quick. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I don't, I don't make, I don't add anything to my line until it's easier to do it than to not do it. Like the customers are demanding it and I'm like, okay. All right. All right. All right. Here you go. I'll do it. And that's, that's how our business has grown. And I think it's such a humble thing and a humble mindset to have when you think about it, to be like, to get, to get your ego step out of the way and be, yeah, maybe I think this will be the best thing to do, but I just want to make sure that I know it's going to serve my people. And I'm a massive fan of any, any of this element of obviously research. And to me, for example, surveys is something that I find incredibly valuable. And we just did one at the time of the recording two days ago, put it out, our members started feeling it. And I was just quickly looking to see how it went. And it was interesting to see that there's always at least one answer to a question or one thing that you wouldn't expect. And it really raises that the element of, huh, I think I understand the behaviors of my people, but sometimes it's hard because with the communication that you have, you really want them to be as honest and blunt as possible. And that sometimes happens, as you say, maybe in, in one live chat, you know, you find some, some gold or in one question that you weren't expecting to have answered. So I think really stepping away from the ego is such a big thing. So thank you for sharing that because I think it's going to make a lot of people think, which is a good thing. We talk about I-itis. 
Iitis is a disease and a lot of people have it. And if you have Iitis, it's easy to diagnose. All you have to do is go to your emails that you've sent and read through them and look at the word that begins most of your sentences. If that word is I, you have Iitis. And you need to flip your IU ratio so that at least three quarters of your sentences begin with the word you. This is what we drum into our nutritionists. It's all the copy on the website. If you're beginning with the word you, you are addressing your customer's favorite topic. That is what they want to hear about, baby. And you're already in there. You've got their brain dilated. And then it forces you to actually spin your focus. You know, it's not about you. It's about your customer. It's not about what you want to say about your business. Oh, I'm Sean Jones and my business is Chuckling Goat and blah, 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 blah. nobody cares. But if I say you have eczema, you've had eczema for a long time, I'm guessing, because steroids don't work. You've probably gone to all the doctors and you've probably taken all the cures that the consultants have, which don't work. And so I have something that can help you. Now I'm talking their language. They don't care about me and my business. They care about how it can help them. And so once you make that switch and you go, right, it needs, it's about what the customer needs to hear, not what you want to say. Um, then you're cooking with bare fat, as we say in Texas, where I'm from. I love that. Sorry, can you repeat that again? What's the saying? Then we're cooking with bare fat. Love that. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> That's one of my favorite sayings. I keep picking up little sayings, so... I might start using that. I'll, I'll make sure that I copyright you, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I want to jump now into one of my favorite topics, which is maybe a bit controversial, which is obstacles, challenges, and lessons. I love that you talk about that in the book. And I love the concept, if you put it in a nutshell, this is converting, obviously, the obstacles into launch pads. There's more than that in the book, but I would like you maybe to give us the one example, whether it's from the book itself or whether maybe it's more recent, just for people really to understand how it can be done. And I think obviously it's independent from different person and business, but yeah, converting obstacles into launchpads to me is such a great concept and it's something that I love talking about. Great question. It's also one of my favorite topics. So what we say is when something happens, when something bad happens and it will sister, it will. Okay. Don't go, Oh, I hope nothing bad happens. Oh, it will just get ready. There is one question that you ask and only one question. And that question is, how is this an opportunity? Because every single thing that happens opens an opportunity. And if you get really muscular about that attitude and pulling that towards you, you don't waste any time going, oh, why me? You just go, right, how is this an opportunity? So here's an example of how that worked in my business. As I said, when, when uh, we saw that there was a microbiome test available, I thought, oh, I, my customers are going to want this science because at the moment we have to guess. Well, this science is amazing. I don't have to guess. I can actually tell you exactly what's going on inside your gut. And inside your gut, your stomach is in a massive battle to not digest itself. And there are two armies fighting that battle, the good bugs and the bad bugs. The good bugs do productive work, which is in your stomach, they produce mucus. That doesn't sound nice to us. But if you're trying to protect your stomach lining from your stomach acid, Mucus is the name of the game. So the good bugs, uh, they eat 
hard fiber, insoluble fiber, and they ferment it and they produce mucus. The bad bugs are like the lazy, no good nicks who sit around on street corners, catcalling, they eat rubbish, they eat sugar and processed food. They do no productive work. They do not produce mucus. If the bad guys get in charge, they kill off the good guys. Your stomach lining starts to get in contact with your stomach acid. You get ulceration and inflammation and your entire immune system begins to collapse. That's in a nutshell what's going on inside your system. So the microbiome test can show us who's winning, the good guys or the bad guys in your system and what we need to do to support the good guys so, and make sure that they win. So we found this test. I was like, yeah, great. My clients are going to love this. I got to start selling this test. But it produces an 80-page PDF of raw data. Now, maybe you've got time to figure out 80 pages of raw data, but I don't. And I don't think my customers do either. So I thought, right, what am I going to do? Uh, okay, I'll hire a nutritionist who can then explain the results to my people. And that's, that will add the high touch to the high tech. And, you know, they'll like that. Great. I live in rural southwest Wales, very low footfall here. It's a beautiful place, but, you know, there's not a lot of people. So I advertise for a nutritionist. I find one. I hire one. Great. We launch the test for sale. We get 400 sales in the first week, right? People go nuts for this thing. Okay, good. We're all ready. We, you know, do the sales. We send the test, test off. We ship everything out. My nutritionist quits. Yeah, he quit via email. He didn't even have the courtesy to quit to my face. And so I'm sitting there with my face down on a table talking to my website designer going, what are we going to do? I, I have 400 people to whom I've sold this test and they're waiting. Their results have been sent out in eight weeks. Those results will come back and I've got no one to tell them the results. What am I going to do? And Han, who's brilliant, I pay Han, instead of having a shop, I pay my website designer to stay on site with me five days a week. He costs the earth and he's worth every penny. He said, well, you know what? We do everything better in-house anyway. He said, why don't you train the people who are here to be nutritionists? And I went, okay, that's a really good idea. So I went into the team meeting. We have a team meeting every morning, eight o'clock, all of us together. I said, right, who wants to be a nutritionist? Raise your hand. I will pay for your training and we will cover your shift while you do that. Six people raised their hands, some from packing, some from some goat milkers, you know, like all over the business. We got them on an online training course and one person would answer the phones while the other person trained and, and then they would switch. We got all of those people through their training and qualified by the time those tests came back. Yeah. So that was my opportunity. And I realized I've totally changed the value proposition of my business. Now, every person who answers my telephone is a trained nutritional therapist. That changes everything. So that disaster and that guy who dumped me in it and threw me under the bus was the best thing that ever happened to me because that opportunity has changed the entire forward momentum of my business. I genuinely love that. And I just love the idea that, as you say, like making lemons out of lemonade. Sometimes I say like, no, lemonades out of lemons. Actually, no, you make lemons out of lemonade. That's even better. Because <laughs> you're even like, better. you know what? <laughs> That's <laughs> you think, right. That's you think right. I'm going to make that? I'm going to do the other way around. And yep. then, ha, what's that? And I think it's it's so important as well. And what I love within this little story, which really resonated with me, is that I find that sometimes 
I'm not I'm not projecting into on that onto you, but sometimes we're so much in the business that especially when something bad happens, it can be hard for us to think about ideas because we're constantly having ideas. And I love the fact that actually by chatting with somebody else from the team and by really kind of having a bouncing, you know, like bouncing ideas and a soundboard, they will be able to maybe give you that idea and then you can kind of like develop it together. And I think it's such an important thing. Um, and I love that side of the story as well. It's like, yeah, sometimes, okay, we see the negative, but then we talk to other people, we ask for help and God knows what might happen. So I think it's such a, such an important lesson to remember as well. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I, I try to be like a tree. So trees, they ha- they're very rooted. And for me, that's value. And then, you know, they grow down as much as they grow up. So I, what I don't want to create in my business is like sappy growth where I'm shooting up and getting too big and I can't sustain it. And trees function best with other trees. You know, trees like to be in a forest. They have a mycelium network where they're passing information and nutrients back and forth. So we have an ecosystem. You know, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your ecosystem. And all of the people in our team, in our tribe, are all part of our ecosystem. And boy, are we stronger together. Is there something that you like to do or that you've done uh, when it comes to little things to actually celebrate your team? I think it's something quite nice and important or maybe it's actually a weekly thing. Maybe it's, again, like it's a surprise every so often, but it would be nice to hear that because I feel and I hear it's such an important part of what the business is about, that kind of people that you surround yourself with. And yeah, I just would like to hear some of that. Yeah, we do a lot of things like that. Um, We have an employee of the month once a month and that person wins a certificate and 50 pounds in cash. And they're given it with the proviso that they spend it on something stupid. (laughs) I said, said, you can't, you got to go out and blow this money. This is not to put in the savings account, go and do something silly. And then they love that. Um, We have donuts delivered every Thursday. (laughs) And I, I, you know, I know we are like, I don't approve because for gut health, you're not supposed to be eating sugar, but I'm like, you know what? 80, 20, we're good. 80% of the time, 20%, you can have treats. So that's, especially in this part of the world, you know, I'm from America. We have a lot of donuts. So donuts are a big treat. And then something that we're just going to be starting in the new year, which I'm excited about. We have um, poker chips. They're chuckling goat poker chips with the face of the goat on the poker chip. And so each manager has poker chips to give out. And so if they have, um, they set a target, you know, in the dairy, for example, they got, okay, we got to clean, you know, 50 vats before lunchtime. And if they hit their target, everyone gets a poker chip. So you can either save your poker chips or you can turn them in for cash when you want. And then you go, okay, I got 10 poker chips, give me a tenner. And then, you know, they get their treat. And then we're joking that people will collect all their poker chips. And after 30 years of working at Chuckley Go, they're like, I'm going to retire. Give me all the chips. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see how that works. I think I, I'm excited about it. We, we've just ordered the chips. We're waiting for them to come in. Oh my God, that's amazing. And yeah, it's the small touches as well. Um, like we did something similar for our awards. We do awards every year for our for some creatives that we award. And uh, we did like little things with the trophies. We did, um, I got, this is very random guys, but I got a little stamp with the avocado, which looks like our logo. That was the best thing ever. And a couple of people thanking us because we also sent something to the judges. They were like, oh my God, I recognize the letter from the little stamp. And it made me smile. So it's the small thing sometimes. I feel we feel that, for example, if you're starting a business and you want to, uh, you know, be grateful and, and show love to a client or a member, you have to sometimes go crazy, but it doesn't really have to be that way. It's the small little things that make people feel appreciated, I think. 
100%. I mean, we say everything matters and passion is in the details. So when I am encouraging people to think about starting their own business, I encourage them to have a beautiful morning routine with have something beautiful to smell, you know, put some lovely essential oils in a burner, have something delicious to drink, make yourself a gorgeous, you know, herbal tea, whatever, whatever you really enjoy and get yourself a beautiful notebook and a wonderful pen, whatever works for you. I have a fountain pen. Uh, it's made from wood. My brother-in-law turned it from wood on a farm. You know, if there was a fire, I would leave with that pen in my pocket and nothing else. And I happen to like moleskin notebooks, you know, so that was my thing. But whatever whatever makes your socks roll up and down, those are the details you have to focus in on. And when you're designing your own business, those little textural pieces are what inspire your passion. Passion is specific. Passion isn't general. You know, generalities do not induce passion. And so what I'm interested in is getting people to focus on their own area of passion. So if you're running your business, it needs to be the intersection of what you're good at, what you love, what you can get paid for, what the world needs right now, and where the universe is pushing you. And if you lay those circles together like a Venn diagram, you will find the intersection point, and that's where your business is. So, for example, if you're doing something that you're good at and that you can get paid for, okay, maybe that's your profession, but it's not good for the world, and you don't love it. So it's not your business. Or maybe you're doing something that, you know, you love and it's good for the world, but you can't get paid for it. Well, that's not your business. That's your volunteer activity. Or maybe it's something that you love and you're good at, but it doesn't, it's the world doesn't need it. That's your hobby. <laughs> so your business is the conjunction of all five of those things. That's where your passion is. And if you find that, you will wake up early and stay up late to walk that into the world. Um, no one will have to motivate you or inspire you because you found your passion. And that's what I want for people. I love that. And I love that it's five. Uh, I might ask you to repeat them again one more time. People can obviously listen to it, but I think it's so important. The reason I want to say this, people listen up, is because traditionally, even in an entrepreneurial, follow your passion, love, et cetera, et cetera, model, we still tend to have two or three things which are an intersection. And I find that by adding a couple of the ones that you mentioned, it really makes it a whole more holistic. And especially at these times where everybody can start a business, which is great. Um, you know, you really need to understand all of your strengths. So I love that. Can you repeat them just one more time so that people can actually get them in their heads? Sure. So your business is the intersection of what you're good at, what you can get paid for, what you love, what the world needs right now and the direction in which the universe is pushing you. That's all those little hints and tips and synchronicities. And maybe someone hands you a book and then you see a butterfly here and the number seven keeps popping up. That's the universe talking to you. And the more you surrender, I'm a big fan of surrender. The more you surrender and just ask for instruction, the more you will be speeding down the river in the canoe. You know, the, the force of the current will take you where, where you need to go, but you need to pull your, it's like in the uh, amusement park, they say, put your arms and legs inside the ride. You know, just don't try to hang on to anything. Put your arms and legs inside and go on the ride. It is the best ride you've ever been on. Love that. Thank you so much. I think we're going to finish with that, but there is the last question, the hardest one that we ask everyone. We're ready? Yep. Awesome. So if you were to have brunch 
or lunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would this person be? Richard Branson. That was quick. I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I mean, say what you will about him. He's not perfect by any means. However, he has started so many different businesses and taken them to such a high level of performance. He is passion driven. He's interested in space travel. And so he's investigating rocket ships. <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he's gotten all these things going. And I would say to him, Richard, how have you managed to get all these businesses up off the ground and then hire good people to manage them? Because I've got, I'm at the point now where I've got a lot of ideas, but I'm running out of time and energy. And so I need to figure out how he's done that so skillfully. So that's who I would have brunch with. I absolutely love that. You know, and if you do have lunch with him, please ask him about Virgin Brides. I want to definitely know about that. Okay. Because that, that was an incredible short-lived side of the business. But that's one of the one the funny ones that, so the ones that actually were not successful, I think, and they tried and they just were not working. I think there's so many interesting lessons that can be learned from that as well. So Virgin Brides is a good one. Virgin Brides, it's on my list. <laughs> Thank you so much. So if people wanted to, hear more about you, check you out, guys, and obviously, well, find the book again. Can you remind us of a couple of places people could go? Yeah, the best place to go is chucklinggo.co.uk. Um, all of my books are there, and I have, I've actually done recordings, so we've been doing live Zoom meetings with, there's been a hundred people or so in each one, so for each one of the 13 steps in the book, there is an hour-long um, meeting, book club virtual meeting, and we've recorded all those, so people can go and listen to them, um, and listen, you know, I'll, I'll talk you through each step, and we have conversations, and people are sharing their own experiences, so you can have the virtual experience of the book club but it's all on the chuckling goat website amazing we'll make sure that we link that in the show notes thank you so much again for being part of it it was a pleasure talking to you it was a great pleasure thank you so much for your time thank you so much for listening don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode if you loved it please take some time to give us five stars on itunes and make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on instagram at creative impact co also you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.